for our second reading. It's found on page 605 of the Pew Bibles. It's Psalm 139, and we're reading the whole thing. Psalm 139. O Lord, you have searched me, and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out, my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you know it completely, O Lord. You hem me in, behind and before. You have laid your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to attain. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. If I say, surely, the darkness will hide me, and the light become night around me, even the darkness will not be dark to you. The night will shine like the day, for the darkness, for darkness is as light to you. For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in a secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me are written in your book before one of them came to be. How precious, how precious to me are your thoughts, O God. How vast is the sum of them. Were I to count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. When I awake, I am still with you. If only you would slay the wicked, O God. Away from me, you bloodthirsty men. They speak of you with evil intent. Your adversaries misuse your name. I do I not hate those who hate you, O Lord, and abhor those who rise up against you? I have nothing but hatred for them. I count them as my enemies. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me, and lead me in the way everlasting. Here ends the reading. Morning, everyone. Let's pray. Our gracious Father, thank you that we have the privilege, as we've just heard and thought about, to hear your word so freely. So we ask that you would help us to do that. Help us and lead us, teach us, rebuke us, train us, correct us, encourage us, enthrall us with who you are and what you have for us in our Lord and Saviour, 
We ask in his name. Uh, keep me from error, we pray. Amen. Always, Psalm 139 might possibly be your favourite psalm. It's many people's favourite psalm. Uh, if you ask people what is the most, their favourite psalm, Psalm 139 will come up many times. David wrote this beautiful poem. It's a poem that shows someone who has been reflecting on the glory of God and holds that glory close and exalts his name because he is relying on the fact and has worked out that God is always. He is always close. He is always there. He is always with me. And he is always leading. David knows his God is with him. And this close and living relationship comes out in Psalm 139, as well as other places, of course, but here particularly. Our first six verses is our first point, always close. Wherever David is, he knows his God is with him. That actually sounds, it's a deceptively simple statement. David knows that whatever is happening to him, he knows that the Lord has promised and the Lord will be with him. Uh, verse 1, you've searched me, O Lord, and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise, when I, you perceive my thoughts from afar, you discern my going out and my lying down, your way, you are familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you, Lord, know it completely. David is assured that his Lord is always close. It's this knowledge which empowers his life. It's an experience of joy and wonder. And all the ministers in all the world preaching all the sermons can't quite put into words how wonderful that is. Verse 6, such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to attain. In one sense, words fail to capture the wonderful nature, the wonderful experience of joy and wonder and to know that the God who made me is with me. Whether he's going out, lying down, even every word he speaks, God knows. It's a personal relationship which means that David is enveloped in the love of the God he knows. His God, our Lord, knows us completely. You hem me in behind and before and you lay your hand upon me. He protects, our God knows us, and he directs us. 
That's a wonderful assurance and not easy to put into words. God is always close. He is always there. Our second point from verses 7 to 10. Verses 7 to 10 are actually pretty breathtaking. His God is always there. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? What's the answer to those questions? Nowhere. And so that's what verse 8 says. If I go up, you are there to the heavens. If I make my bed in the depths, the opposite, furthest extreme from the up to the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me, your right hand will hold me fast. David knows that God is close, but he is always there. This is a wonderful knowledge. Uh, as you knew, I was a hospital chaplain for a while, and that's a great knowledge to have in the extremities of life, in a hospital bed, maybe battling for life, trying to recover from what has threatened and what has seemed might overtake you. That is a great knowledge. But the truth is it's our knowledge always. It's a, an insurance, if you like, for those times. We know these things because God has declared he will be with us. If you are in this relationship that David has, if you know the personal God that David knows, God is there. No place on earth is David alone. No experience that you can experience means that you are isolated, says David. There's no situation so powerful that it can separate you from the loving presence of your God. Now, I know that's not how we feel at times. At times we do feel he is distant. At times we do feel like that. But again, this is the stuff you need to put for those sort of experiences because you can immediately remind yourself of Psalm 139. If I go wherever I go, the Lord will be with me. And I assure you that in the midst of the experience of isolation, if you remind yourself of the words that God has spoken, nothing is more true, nothing, then God is always there. Lord is attentive to all those who look to him. That is a wonderful assurance that he is always close, that he is always there. And not far away, of course, is our third point, verses 11 to 16, always with me. Night is no barrier. Do you get scared at night? I remember when I was a kid. I used to get very, very scared. 
and I used to sleep under the sheets. Anyone else want to admit to being under a sleep, a sheet sleeper? You you sleep, but with them over your head. Anyone want to admit to that? Don't. Don't. Probably don't do that, Bill. Oh, you've done it. Bill does it too. Well, Bill and I are the only ones who are honest in the room. Night. It's scary. Why? The night is a place of uncertainty. It always has and it always will be. In the city, by the way, we have no idea. As you know, all those, I know there is a number of you who run out to the bush, then you find out what darkness is when there is no city light. And that's the experience that David has, the complete darkness you can have where you can't even see the hand in front of your face. That darkness can mean all sorts of uncertainty and danger. But David rejoices, verse 11. Again, this is poetry, of course. Surely the darkness will hide me and the light become night around me. Even the darkness will not be dark to you. The night will shine like the day, for darkness is as light to you. Certain dark situations might seem inevitable in all our lives, not just in camping, but in real life. But the greatness of God will be that he is there. He will always be with me, even when I cannot see anyone else around me. The Lord will always be with me, he says, and that's your experience too, and that needs to be your assurance, declares the word of God. The God of light surrounds David, always with him, because God knows him intimately, knows him inside and out. It get, even David is so assured that he reflects on a time when no one could know what he looked like. But God did. I just got a grandson not too long ago. Anyone else got grandsons? Grandchildren, well, maybe grandchildren. It might happen to be a grandson. Uh, other people got the, anyone else got any? There's a couple. There's a few. Uh, and, you know, is that time when you're, uh, in my case, it was my daughter. And my daughter is, you know, she's... Uh, pregnant I'm pretty sure uh, <laughs> she's quite large and uh, you're thinking you know there's something going on in there but there's a child what does that child look like and you wonder and you think and you and you and you know people in my family are hoping and praying it doesn't look like me but you know these this whole sort of thing what does this child look like you have to wait David says God, even in that place, knew him. For you, verse 13, created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful and I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you 
when I was made in the secret place, when I was woven together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. It's an amazing picture and a very well-known section of Psalm 139, an intimate picture of God's careful creation of himself, of David, but of course also of us. It's a very personal description of how even in the womb, in the wonders of the womb, God was there. David is knit together. He is not an accident. He has been created. He is woven, and you need a knitter. You need a weaver. That one is God himself. In the womb, you're unseen, but God knows you, declares David. Christians have always believed of God's personal creative hand on all of us, on everyone. It's not an accident that we've spoken out in abortion debates and things like that because of how God has been involved in making us and all people. David's declaration of trust and praise means that he knows that when no one knew him, God did. In the darkness, when no one knew, God was there and with him. Lord always with him, and all of David's days are God's. God knows them. This is poetry. I don't know that... uh, God really had any intention of knowing how hot your tea would be in the morning with it and what tea bag you put into it. But this still sentiment is still wonderful and real. God knows my life. He knows me and he knows me well, perfectly. Nothing is beyond him. There is no surprises to him. He is always with me. He's always close, he's always there, and lastly, he's always leading, verses 17 to 24. How precious to me are your thoughts, dear God. How vast is the sum of them. Were I to count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand. When I awake, I am still with you. David resolves himself to devote his intentions and his life to God. He's determined to follow God's ways and to hear what God says and to let it lead him. How precious to me are your thoughts. As I said, all the sermons in the world cannot put into words all that God has to say to us. There is thousands and millions of people all over the world today preaching on this passage and that passage and that passage. If we were to put them all together, they would be rubbish compared to the thing you hold in your hand, the Bible. Because when God speaks, his enormity is incomparable. 
How precious are your thoughts, O God? How vast the sum of them. They outnumber the grains of sand. And so there's much to devote yourself to, to following and devoting your attentions to God. He won't let anyone, David says, he won't let anyone or anything get in the way of this. And he's quite forthright, isn't he, in rejecting the people whom he sees as opposing God's ways. There is a background to these verses, no doubt, and David had many people who plotted his downfall. Uh, We only just have to read, I know you will have read or will be waiting to read Harry's latest book. This is the royal life. This is courts. How how much more diabolical can it be when people are actually trying to kill you to get power? This has always gone on. David has a bunch of people in his background who are plotting and scheming and doing all these things. He has them in his mind. But he's still committing himself to pursuing God's ways. How precious is God's word to him? He's making a promise. He's making a commitment. He's asking God, keep me in your ways. Verse 24, see if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. David wants nothing in him to stop him from pursuing God's ways. Always close, always there, always with me, always leading me, always. Well, it's in the new year and we could, uh, people always talking about making this resolution and that resolution and uh, I'm going to lose a lot of weight and blah, blah, blah. But uh, you could do much worse than say with David, lead me this year, straighten me out, correct me, change me. Verse 24, lead me in the way everlasting. As we know, David spoke and acted, lived in the, in the promises of God and looked forward to its fulfilment. And he had no real recollection apart from what God had told him. We live the other side of that fulfilment and know of that fulfilment in come in the person of the Lord and Saviour, the Davidic king to come, Jesus. And Jesus said, I am with you always even to the end of the age. Jesus says, I will never leave you or forsake you. And Paul reminds us from 2 Corinthians 4, God said, let the light shine out of darkness, made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of God's glory displayed in the face of Christ. God's moment-by-moment awareness of you as his child. God knows what you're going to say before you say it. It's not meant as a threat. It's not meant as something to be fearful. Instead, we are not alone. God is always with us. He will never leave us. You are totally known. 
You are fearfully and wonderfully made. You are not an error or a fluke or a mistake. You are God's precious child. All those who put their trust in the Lord Jesus Christ have God always with them. David knows that he needs the Lord to be in his life. David was secure in that love and we have been given that in the person of Jesus. By his spirit, he is with us, transforming us, changing us, assuring us, leading us, always close, always there, always with me, always leading our Lord and Saviour, always. Let's pray. Our gracious Father, who uh, we praise you and worship you. Lord Jesus, we thank you. Spirit, our Holy Spirit, we worship you. That Father, in all these things you have made us your people. We thank you that in Christ you did not stand away from us but came to us and fulfilled the promises which David had put his hope in and trusted and was assured of. You came to be with us, God to save, always. And, Lord, you have made that always possible by Jesus' sacrifice for us, bringing us to you and keeping us there because of what he did for us. Lord, we pray in all these life that you would lead us, help us, be with us, direct us. May we listen and follow your word. May we be attentive to it. May we be people who reflect your glory. You have shone light into our hearts. May you fill our lives with the knowledge of your glory. And we thank you that in Jesus Christ, your face his face radiated your glory that we might one day be held in that glory which we now have been given a taste that you are always with us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.